First John this morning, First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, we're going to talk about love again. John emphasizes love very much in this little uh, epistle that he writes, uh, and he speaks much of it. And he doesn't speak of love just because it's flowery and it's fluffy and all the rest. He speaks of it because it's the heart and core of our Christianity and our Christian lives. Now, sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss this issue. Uh, But we've talked about it several times as we've gone through this epistle. And, you know, the mark of the Christian, we've said over and over again, is that we love one another. And that's the mark of the Christian. John chapter 4, though, is going to tell us where the source of that love comes from. Because the truth and the reality is, we're really not capable of love. We're too selfish. We're really not capable uh, of love. There has to be something that puts love in for us if love is going to come out. And that's what God did. That's what God did in sending his son. He put love in the equation. Love that we desperately need. Love that the world desperately needs. And love that he wants the world to see through us. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll read uh, from verse 7 down to verse 12. Father, would you bless us this morning as we look to your word? Lord, uh, we desperately need you. We need your hand and your help. And, oh, blessed Spirit, uh, we can read truth, Lord, and just glance off it without it ever affecting or touching us. And, Lord, the truth that we're looking at today, Lord, is truth that can change our lives if we just let it in. Lord, I do pray that you'd bless us. Help us to see it. Uh, Help each believer in this room to see in a deeper way your great love for them. And Lord, for those that come this morning and don't understand, and don't understand how you could love them, Lord, may they see your love very clearly, and may they understand it, and may they see it as the answer. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 1 John 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. I... <clears throat> first point we need to see here is that love originates with God. Love originates with God. Now, we live in a world that talks about love a whole lot. I suppose, I don't know this for sure, I haven't actually uh, counted it up, but I suppose if you were to go to the music of the world, the popular music of the world, you would find that between 50 and 75% of that music deals with love. It deals with the love between man and a woman. It deals with scorned love. It deals with broken hearts. It, a lot of it deals with broken hearts, doesn't it? Uh, and if you listen to it, a lot of it deals with broken hearts. I mean, if you were to look at that music, you would find that, you know, it's, it's there all the way through it. You know, you, you, I, I think everybody is born looking for the experience of love in their lives. That's why, you know, we look at young people in love sometimes and, and our hearts get drawn to it. Because we're born with this need, this desire for love. 
But the reality of life is that there's not a lot of love there. The reality of life, you know, is that it's the, the, those rare love affairs that we talk about, that we, that we see, and it's always somebody else, uh, and they're enjoying it, and it's wonderful. And, and it's easy for us to come to the place where, you know, we talk a lot about love, but there's no reality of it. Now, here's what happened. God made you, and God put a need for this love in you, but he made himself the only one that can fill it. The only one that can actually fill the need for love that you have is him. He's the originator of it. He's the one that, that, that put it there. Uh, see, we're all needy. We don't like to think we're needy, do we? We're going to be tough. You know, you get your heart broken a few times and you get real tough, don't you? Uh, you're never going to get your heart broken again and you're going you're to actually be tough. But inside you, the need goes on. And we have all kinds of ways of trying to fill this need. I think drugs are an, an attempt to make somebody feel the feelings of love. That may not be what people uh, talk about. I think immorality is the attempt to make somebody feel the feelings of love. I think all the high excitement things uh, that people do that put them on the edge of life are attempts to make them feel the feelings of love. And the problem with all the things I'm mentioning is that they all come up empty. Eventually, they all come up empty. In fact, when you try to get love from something that God has not made it for, what happens is there's a negative impact on your life. It actually sucks life out of you rather than gives life uh, to you. Now, our verses here say, Beloved, let us love one another right, for or because love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Okay? If we were to look at it this way, if we were to talk about, <clears throat> you know, how much love there is in you. And, and I don't want to run us down, because human beings aren't all bad. We can do some nice things. We can do some things that are, that are, that are um, <clears throat> helpful and, and promising. We can love uh, to, to a certain measure. And <clears throat> if we were to look at it, what we've got in each of us is we've got a little thimble full of this thing called love, right? And it's very easily spent. So here's what you have. You have somebody spending their little thimble of love, and then it's empty, and the love's all gone. You know, and it gets, you know what? The love can turn mean, can't it? It's amazing the way, you know, love and hate are actually uh, almost connected, but you can go from one to the other very easy because you know all you're dealing with is this thimble of love and you know you need your thimble of love filled up by somebody else and here's what human beings do very often they spend their lives going from place to place getting the thimble filled and as soon as they've gotten the thimble filled somebody will take the uh the love out of it or they give it away and it's gone and they and they go looking for more and so what happens very often as people get older is they want to take the thimble and they want to kind of hold the thimble close to themselves and they're not letting anybody get any of it in them. And they kind of, what happens is we build barriers between us and other people because they can hurt us. Right? <clears throat> but you know what? God never intended for people to fill your need for love. It's not possible for somebody else to do it because you know what? They only got a thimble too. They can't actually fulfill your need for love. They can't actually do it for you because they've all got their own thimble. And, you know, if you've been around for any length of time, you've discovered that. You've discovered the reality of that, that, you know what? 
we're dealing with a, a, a crisis, and the crisis is not an oil shortage, and the crisis is not a water shortage, and the crisis is a love shortage. There is a shortage of love out there, in here, everywhere. But you know what? It's one of those shortages that's not really there at all. We're just looking in the wrong place for it. We're just looking in the wrong place for this. You see, <clears throat> God is love. That's, that's, a, that's a wild statement, if you, t- if you take it. You know, if, 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 if God says some things about himself that really kind of throw us. God says, I am. Well, what does that mean? Well, <clears throat> nobody else can say that about themselves. I am. I am uh, all of it. The past, the present, the future, I am all of it. But here he says God is love. Now, he doesn't say, what the text is not saying is God is very loving. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that God does love. In other words, God loves. That would, that would make sense to us if God loves. No, he says God is love. That's what he is. It's not a character quality. It's the essence of who this being is that we serve is God is love. And <clears throat> I suppose that the fact that God is love is, in a sense, the reason for it all. The reason <clears throat> that we come uh, into this world and the reason that we uh, <clears throat> walk in this world and the reason there is a world is that God is love. This loving being wanted someone to love that could love him back. And that's what you got. You got this whole world. But we miss it. Everything in this world gets twisted by the enemy, and it's so easy for the enemy to take and to twist this thing. And so we go looking for love everywhere. <laughs> you know, the, old, the old song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. That's what we do. We look for it everywhere, except in the only place that it can be found in him. Right? That's the only, it can only be found in him. <clears throat> we are needy, we have a need, and there's only one being on this planet that can meet your need, and that is God. And you say, Pastor, that sounds grim. Yeah, I thought, you know, I was going to get married, and I was going to find someone, and they were going to just love me forever and ever, and everything was going to be sweet and happy. Now, I'm not saying that can't happen for you. But I am saying this, they can't be the love of your life. They can't, because they haven't got it. As much as they might want to, as much as they might desire to, they can't do it because they haven't got it. It's not in them. You see, no man is love. All the women say, yeah, we we know that, right? Uh, And no woman is love, because we can't say that about ourselves, because you know what? God is love. And it's kind of like this. You've got your little thimble that you go around trying to fill. And you go from place to place hawking your little thimble, hoping somebody will put something in your thimble. Yeah, we're beggars in this area. Right? And you go, you go hawking it around, hoping somebody's going to put something in the thimble, and then you finally come to God. God's not dealing with thimbles. God's not even dealing with an ocean. God's dealing with an infinite amount of love. What you can do with God is you can come to God and you can tap into the very source of love. You know, it's kind of like this. You know, 
Well, my, my grandparents didn't have water in their house. They wouldn't have. My grandfather wouldn't have water in, in, in their house. He, he, my, my dad wanted to pipe water into the cottage down in Tinnahili, and my grandfather said, no way. Uh, <clears throat> I've spent my whole life keeping water out of this house, and you're not bringing it in, right? So he wasn't having water in the house at all, right? But so what they did was they brought buckets of water down. So if you wanted water in my grandmother's house, <clears throat> you, you went and you, got, you either got water from the bucket or if the bucket was empty, you went and, you, uh, and you, you brought the water. Now, what my father wanted to do was he wanted to tap them into the well because they had a good well. And they would have had a tap in the kitchen that they could have turned on and they could have had water anytime they wanted. Right? <clears throat> and, you know, this well never ran dry as far as I know. It was kind of, it would, it would continue to flow. But the buckets were only as good as you could get them filled. The well was an infinite supply. You know what you're dealing, not with buckets, you're dealing with thimbles, and there's an infinite supply available. There's an infinite supply available. <clears throat> now, do you know that the love of God is abroad in the world? It's the only thing that really makes this world a sweet place to live. The fact that you've got the love of God. It's touched by everything. I mean, you look at the beauty. That's the love of God. Did you ever ask yourself, why did God make flamingos and, and kangaroos and giraffes? I think he just made them for fun. Not just for his fun, but for our fun too. And so that everything that's created in this world, God is, God is just putting things into this world that we can enjoy. You know, <clears throat> he's touched it. There's just kisses of love all over this world uh, and what God has done for us. Just tokens. Why? Because he is love. You know, when God comes into your life, he wants you to understand that he can be all that you need. He can be all. He can supply this need. You may be young this morning and you're thinking, oh, when I get married, I'm going to have this. No, but you know what? You can have it. You can have this love. You may be older and you may be fed up and sick and tired looking for it. And <clears throat> uh, you may be wishing you could just uh, live by yourself and put everybody else away. You know, listen, you can have this love. Not from people, from him. Now, we're going to see that when you have his love, it changes your relationships with people too. It changes your relationships completely with people. Let me say this though. <clears throat> just, just two thoughts uh, about this thing called love. You know, the tribulation comes. When the tribulation comes, those seven years, when God pours out his wrath upon the world, do you know what the hardest thing about the tribulation is going to be? The Spirit of God and his love is going to be withdrawn. This world can be a pretty loveless place, but it's nothing like as loveless as it will be during those years. You remove God from this world. You remove his love from this world, and it could be a horrible place. Do you know what the worst thing about hell is? The worst thing about hell is not the flames. The worst thing about hell is not the darkness. The worst people thing about hell is there's no love no love love's gone the chance of love the hope of love is gone it's finished it's over there's no way there's going to be love in hell god is removed from it you see when you remove god god is love you remove the chance you remove the opportunity you remove the opportunity to ever fulfill this need that he's put in us and you know, you say, well, that's terrible. Why would God do that to anyone? Well, God doesn't do that effectively. Because God makes it possible for everybody to know his love. He sprinkles tokens of it all over his world. He's given us a picture of it in Jesus Christ. 
He sprinkles. He, he wants everybody to know his love. We have to effectively say, no, I don't want it. And, and, and you know, we sung, I'd rather have Jesus. Now, I hope you sung it. I hope you meant it. But, you know, you can't rather have Jesus and do something that would grieve him. That, what you're doing in, at, at that point is you're saying, no, I don't rather have Jesus. I'd rather have me. Right? And you see, you can't have your life and run your life and go your own way and do your own thing and rather have Jesus. And when you make that, what you say is no to his love. I want something else. I want the money. I want the pleasure. I, and, and what you're doing is you're making a really unprofitable choice. You're choosing something that can't satisfy over something that definitely satisfies. See, we're very complex creatures. God, God has put this thing in us called free will so we can choose. God could have made you so that you'd no option that you just loved him, but you know what? He didn't want to make you love him. <clears throat> he, didn't, he didn't want He wanted you to choose. So he gave you a choice. And now giving you a choice means you can choose to or you can choose not to. And you can come today and you can choose Jesus Christ. And you can choose his love, or you can say, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live my own life and do my own thing. You know what, my, my thimble, you know what, it's a whole lot of fun getting my thimble filled from time to time. I, I'm going to carry my little thimble around and get it filled wherever I can. That's a real bad choice. You're choosing the finite over the infinite. You're choosing the buckets of water over the running tap in the house. You're choosing to have your thimble filled and to reject the infinite ocean that is God's love. That's a bad choice. That's a poor choice. But you know what? God loves you enough to say you're free to make that choice if you want it. And you can do it. You can make that choice. You see, <clears throat> love originates with God because God is love. But secondly, love is manifested in His Son. Now the word manifested means it's shown. God gives us a picture uh, of this love. <clears throat> and it's manifested in his son. And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Right? Two thoughts here. Right? <clears throat> First of all, um, God showed his love to us in his son coming 2,000 years ago to die on a cross to pay for our sins. God didn't have to do it. God could have let us all go to hell. And you know what? That would have been perfectly just and right. But he had a problem. You know his problem was? His problem was he loved us. His problem was he loved us and he wanted to make a way out for us. So you know what God did? God did the unthinkable. God did the unimaginable. God sent his son to pay the price for our sins. God sent his son uh, <clears throat> to do that which we couldn't do. He sent his son. I can't imagine that, can you? I, I can't imagine loving something as much as God loved the son and being willing to sacrifice it for people who didn't care. That's what God did. And you know, you, you can get all kinds of theories going about why God did it. You know, you can think, well, you know what, I'm kind of cute and kind of nice and 
God liked me and he wanted to save me. No, you're not that cute. None of us are. You know, the Bible says that we're all sinners. What does that mean? That means that we've all done our own thing, gone our own way, that we know God wants us to do one thing, but we've done the opposite. That we know God wants us not to do certain things, but we've done the opposite. And, and we know. We've all done that. We've all lived our own lives. And, and so, <clears throat> but God sent his son to die for us, even though we didn't care. We didn't care. I lived 26 years of my life, and quite honestly, I cared about me, and I kind of wanted a relationship with God because I cared about me, but I did not care about what God wanted. I did what I liked. And you know what? Everybody in this room did. You may have gotten saved when you were four. But you know what? Until you were four, you were living and doing your own thing. And I wish I could say that after I got saved, I've never done my own thing since. But you know what? I have. And so have you. And you know what? God loved me anyway and sent his son to die for me. I don't get it, do you? You see, why? Because God is love. And he loved me. Do you know that when you come to God, you don't have to wring love out of God? Sometimes we get the idea that our relationship with God is based upon, you know, this, this works mentality where, okay, if I do good things for God, God will do good things for me. You know, if, it, you know, if, if I do the right things, then God will look down on me and God will say, you know what, you've earned it, son. It's not like that. It's not a relationship that's based on works. It's, it's a love relationship. And it's not even a relationship that's based upon like our relationships are. Our relationships are basically this. Okay, I'll love you if you love me. Okay, if you don't love me, all deals are off. I won't love you anymore. Now, I know I'm being very simplistic there, but it's not basically it. Isn't that basically what happens in the world? I'll love you as long as you love me, and if you don't love me anymore, then I'm not going to love you either. God loved me when I didn't care anything about him. And he loves you, even though you didn't care anything about him too. You see, it's not a relationship that was started on on an even basis. It's a relationship that's based on love. It's based on his love for me. I don't think we get that. I don't think <clears throat> believers get that. I don't think we, underst- uh, we understand that very well. I don't think we actually understand it. In, in Ephesians 3, and we haven't got time. I'd love to go there, but we haven't got time. Read it for yourself, the second part of Ephesians. But Paul <clears throat> is praying for the believers, and, uh, the, the Ephesian believers, and he's praying that they will know, that they will understand, that they will comprehend, that they will be rooted and grounded in his love. Right? That's what God wants you to be. He wants you to be rooted and grounded in his love. And Paul is praying for it. You know, Paul's a great teacher. You think Paul would just go out and teach you. Now you need to understand this, okay? God loves you and he'll never not love you. Okay, uh, and have a quiz afterwards and everybody got it. But they didn't get it. And he knew they wouldn't get it, so he's praying for it. I don't think we as believers really understand his love for us. I don't think we get it. You know, I think we're, you know, we're, we're so bound up in a works mentality where we earn stuff that, you know, we keep thinking we have to earn his love. So, okay, all right, okay, I understand I was a sinner. I, I didn't have anything going for me, but you know what? I came to Jesus Christ and he saved me. Okay, right now I'm saved. Now I need to, now I need to get, on, get on the ball and I need to earn God's love. That's, that's what we so often do, isn't it? No. My relationship with God is based on the fact that he loves me. Why does he love me? He loves me because he is love. He doesn't love me because I'm good. I'm so glad he doesn't because I'm not that good. 
And neither are you. He loves me because he is love. He is the source of it. He is the ocean. He is the infinite ocean of love. And I need to understand that. It's kind of like in Matthew chapter 18. It's a great story Jesus told. It's about forgiveness, right? And there was a man went went in uh, to his Lord, and he owed him millions. And so his Lord said, okay, sell him. Sell his family. Get whatever you can for them. Uh, <clears throat> I want to get some of my money back. He wasn't going to get his millions, but he got some of his money back. And the, guy, and the guy cries out to him and says, Master, Master, have pity on me, and I will pay thee all. And the guy looks at him and says, okay, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll forgive you the debt. You're free. You don't owe me a penny. You can go. You can, you, you can go. Listen, it's, it, I'm letting it go. Right? And so the guy goes out. And the guy meets a guy that owes him a hundred, just for a comparison. He owed millions, and he'd just been forgiven the millions. And he, went out and he meets a guy that owes him a hundred. And, you know, and he says, you, pay me the money you owe me. And your man can't pay it. And um, so he says, well, okay, I'll tell you what, then. You know, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell your family. I'm going to get as much as I can out of you. And he does. And the Lord hears about it, and he's greatly upset. But here's the point of the illustration I want to make to you this morning. You know, I don't think he understood that he was forgiven. I think he still thought he had to go and get the money. Because if you'd be, been forgiven millions, you'd be millions ahead. You'd be going around thinking, man, I'm free. I've got the millions paid back. And you wouldn't be concerned about the hundred that somebody owed you. You'd be saying, oh, forget it. It's okay. It's fine. I, I, just, I just got off with millions. Hey, have a good day. You get off at a hundred. Yeah, I think he still thought. I don't think he understood what his master had done for him. I don't think we understand how much God loves us. Because we still go around as believers trying to get our little thimble full. Even with God. Trying to earn brownie points with God. Trying to come to the place where God likes us a bit better so he gives us a bit better. You know, uh, we talk about being in with God and God, you know, being God's favorite. And No, no, no. You know what? God doesn't love you because of anything to do with you. He didn't love you before you got saved because of anything to do with you. And he doesn't love you after you got saved because of anything to do with you. He loves you because he is love. You say, Pastor, that's daft. I think so too. I think that's crazy. One one writer wrote a book and he called it Crazy Love. Because that's what it is. It's crazy love. It's an incredible love that we can't understand because we can't do it. We're not love. We, we, we can't do this thing like he did. Now, 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 when Jesus manifested his love for us, what did it take? What did he do in order to manifest his love? Because we need to understand this. Because don't we get confused about love sometimes? Don't we kind of think, well, love is somebody making me happy. If you love me, you'd make me happy. Do you know that nobody can make you happy? Absolutely nobody has the power to make you happy. If you don't want to be happy, you won't be happy anyway, no matter what they did. You've had days in your life that were great days when good things happened and you weren't happy. Because nobody and nothing can make you happy. Happiness is something that happens inside of you. You see, love's not making somebody happy. What did Jesus do? He denied himself completely so that he could do good 
for us. And he denied himself completely so that he could do good for us. He took on, on himself our sin and he paid the price in full. The full penalty, he bore it all. He paid the price uh, completely. What did he do for you? He did what was best for you, expecting nothing of you. And he did it regardless of the cost to himself. So here's what love is. To make it real kind of simple for you, love is doing what's best for the other person regardless of the cost to you. That's what, what, what was manifested for us. That was, that's what Jesus did. He showed us love that was doing what was best for us. Now, that'll be helpful to you, because we're going to talk in a second about loving uh, our brethren. And when we talk about that, don't, don't you misconstrue it. Loving somebody else does not mean you do things for them that make them like you. Loving somebody else does not mean <clears throat> that you do whatever they want. Loving somebody else means that you do what's best for them regardless of what it costs you. That might cost you their wrath. They might be upset with you because you love them. You go to somebody and and you tell them, listen, you know what? The Bible says that you're a sinner and that because you're a sinner, you're on your way to hell. You know what? They may not be happy with you. But that would be love, wouldn't it? That would be you showing them what God says. Love is doing the best for somebody else regardless of what it costs you. And then love is demonstrated by God's people. <clears throat> 1 John four eleven says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, <clears throat> let me just give you a couple of thoughts and we're done, right? <clears throat> First of all, if God loved you so much, and you knew it, and you understood it, two things would happen. First of all, you'd love him. We love him because he first loved us. John tells us again. First of all, the the automatic response would be to love him. You would be willing to do whatever, whatever was best for him. Second thing is, that love would overflow. Now, this is kind of the key to the whole message this morning. You see, here's the problem. The problem for us, we're all going around with our little thimbles. Can you put something in my thimble? Can you make me feel loved? We manipulate. We, <clears throat> we work at the situation. We do whatever we can to get our little thimble. Get something in our little thimble so we can feel loved. Right? And um, our little thimble is so small that it just, it just needs to get bumped and it's empty again. <clears throat> you know, so we go around this world feeling unloved, feeling like nobody cares and nobody loves me. Right? But that's not true. There is one who cares infinitely for me. And when I'm in a love relationship with him, I'm not talking about a thimble. I'm plugged into an ocean. I've got a pipe running into an ocean. I've got a pipe coming from the well in my life. When I'm plugged into him, I have more than enough love for me. And that's the key. See, i got more than enough for me. I'm no longer going around trying to get my thimble full. So what I'm doing is I'm able to kind of shed it abroad. I'm able to love other people. I'm able to show his love to other people. I'm able to actually do what's best for other people, even though it costs me, because you know what? I'm okay. I'm taken care of. 
I'm looked after. That's, what I, that's the way God wants it to be. He wants it to be so that you can love other people because you're so secure in his love for you. You know, it's not like your thimble getting bumped and you lose your sense of being okay anymore now. It's no, it's his love flowing in, so I'm okay. You know what? If there's an ocean flowing in and a bathful flows out, you don't notice it. You're okay because you're loved. And that's what he wants. He wants us, if God so loved us, he wants us to love one another. But the key to it is understanding his love for you. Now, last point. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, I want you to catch this. I want you to understand this, right? <clears throat> you know, listen, you can be saved this morning, and you can say, no, I will not love, because if I loved, I could get hurt, so I will not love. And you can, you can wrap yourself up in your blanket, and you can withdraw from people, and lots of believers do it. You can do that. But you know what's going to happen? You're never going to find his love maturing in you if you don't love. See, there's a principle involved. There's a principle of inflow and outflow. There's a principle that what flows in allows you to flow out. But you know what? If you cut off the outflow, more can't flow in. Do you understand that? You know, <clears throat> that, that, if, that if you won't let it flow out, well, say you have a tank, right? And you have a pipe coming out this side of it, and the pipe is kind of flowing down and watering the gardens and watering whatever. But we'll say you cut off the pipe. You know, the water that's flowing in from the other side into your tank can't flow anymore because it has to be able to flow out. And you see, for you and I to understand, to, for you and I to live with an understanding of God's love in our lives, we have to love. You God's very clever. God knows us inside out. He knows mankind better than we know ourselves. He knows. He, listen, he knew what we'd do. We'd say, oh, great. Okay, he loves me. Okay, I'm cool. And we'd be happy. And he says, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You know what? You've got to let it flow out of you. You've got to love other people. You've got to let it flow to other people. And when you let it flow to other people, his love is perfected or matured in you. And when you shut yourself off, and when you say no more, it's too much, and you cut yourself off from other people, you know what? The inflow stops, and the sense of his presence stops. Two thoughts and we're done, right? <clears throat> First of all, if you're here this morning and you're a believer, you're a child of God, what are you doing with his love? Do you understand it? Do you understand how much he loves you? You know what? I'm going to pray for you this morning that you would understand it. You'd do well to pray for yourself that you would understand it. That you would understand his love for you. That you would comprehend his love for you. Because I honestly think if the children of the living God could comprehend the love of God in their lives, you know what? We'd be happy. And not only would we be, but we'd have love and despair. Plenty to give. You could be a child of God this morning and you're still going around with your thimble. Like the guy, forgiven millions. Oh, you owe me a hundred. Pay it up or I'm going to sell you. you know, <laughs> we're like that. Okay? You know, listen, understand his love for you. Lord, help me to understand your love for me. Help me to understand how much you... If you didn't earn it, you'll never be good enough for it. But he loves you. 
He just loves you. You, 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 you got to kick, put away all your human understanding of this love thing because he doesn't love you like that. He loves you in spite of failure, in spite of all. And when you come to understanding that, letting that flow, you could, listen, you can water the world with his love. You, you can be someone that brings that world. And you know some people in your life that are like that. They got actually, they've actually got enough and to spare, and it flows out of them. Right? Second thing is this, right? You're here this morning, and you're not saved. Let us introduce you this morning to the one who loves you, the one you've been searching for all your life, the one and the only one that can meet your need. Nobody else can do it. There's only one that can do it. It's Jesus Christ. He died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He died because he loves you. It's not just this global thing. It's you. He loved you. He paid the price for your sins, and he says, if you will come and trust me, I will save you. You will be my child, and you will know my love. Doesn't that sound attractive? You know why we'd rather have Jesus? Because of this. Because in him we have it all. The rest of it is just frills. That's why we'd rather have Jesus. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this, your word to us. Thank you for the Apostle John, Lord, and the uh, way you caused him to write truth, Lord, that just meets the need of 21st century men and women. Now, Lord, would you bless us? Would you help us, Lord? Every head's bowed and every eye closed. Two questions. Would you like me to pray for you that you would know the, the un, and understand the love of God in your life? Would you lift your hand? Just tell God you want to understand it. Well, I'm going to pray in a moment. Amen. Amen. Just lift your hand. You want, you, you want to, to know more of the love of God in your life. All right, let me ask you one other question. You're here this morning, and you want to know him who is the source of love. You're not saved. You're not born again. But you know what? You want it. Would you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? Anybody at all? Oh, don't hold out on him. Just lift your hand. Put it down again. What a great day, the day when you finally come to trust him and know his love. Now, Father, would you bless us, Lord? Lord, I suppose that all of us in this room really want to know your love in a greater, deeper way. Uh, Lord, <clears throat> would you work in the hearts of your children, Lord, that we might know you better, that we might know you deeper, Lord, that we might have love, and love that abounds, and love that's more than enough, and love that flows out of us, Lord, and touches other people. But, Lord, that we might know your love first. And, Lord, would you bless those in this room that do not know you as Savior. And, oh, Lord, would you, in love, go after them and bring them to that place, Lord, where they finally bow before you and trust you as Savior and are born again. Now, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. Would you bless us in Jesus' name?